once you're sort of forced outside of your comfort zone to expand and explore and vibrate higher, tap into something that you never knew was there or learn something new, try on something new, there's a release. There's sort of a triumph and a, a flying high feeling. And it's not always comfortable. It's, it's definitely not always comfortable. And sometimes you crash and burn, but that's data, right? We're collecting data, we're collecting resources, and without the data, we don't know it. Welcome back to the Tea Please podcast and welcome to a new episode. The clip you just heard was from our guest this week, Alicia Wellen. She is a coach and a Reiki master. So she has a lot of different skills that she brings to the table when it comes to coaching and working with her clients, which I thought was really interesting. So we talk about Reiki, we talk about what Reiki is and how she incorporates it into her coaching and with her clients. She has a really unique background with bringing the coaching aspect and Reiki together because a lot of times we see, you know, Reiki healers that work, you know, specifically with that. But Alicia also has a really extensive financial background and she works with a lot of people in the corporate world. So really interesting to kind of bring those two concepts together. And we also talk about finding your calling. This was something that she felt really called to do in her career and making that switch from a finance background to the coaching world. Just wanted to give you a heads up as well that the audio in this episode is a little bit rockier than what you've heard in previous episodes. We had a little bit of trouble getting the audio to sound clear on this one, but I still wanted to include it because I think Alicia has so much good information and insight to say about energy and how we can connect to that in our day to day. So whether that's something that you feel really close to, or maybe, you know, energy talk is a little more foreign. I would definitely recommend this episode because she makes it so accessible and it's not too woo woo. She has kind of a different perspective on Reiki and what that can look like. So I would definitely encourage you to take a listen anyway, but just want to give you a heads up that the audio is a little bit rougher than what you've heard before. Before we get into it with Alicia, I wanted to shout out one of my favorite products right now, which is definitely worth the hype because you've probably heard of this. I've seen a lot on my Instagram and from other influencers, but Smart Sweets, you guys, they're really good. They're worth it. I've tried all of them at this point, except for the new Red Twist, which are like licorice but I haven't tried those yet because they're only online. I haven't been able to find them in the stores yet, but I have a few favorites and I love to get the watermelon bites, the sweet fish and the gummy bears with a bar of like dark chocolate or the little dove individually lapped dark chocolates. And I love to eat them together. It's like dirt and worms, but not, but it's the same kind of flavors. I've been eating this combo since Halloween when I was like on a really big kick for dirt and worms. I highly, highly, highly recommend this combo. They also have like a starburst type one. They're called Sweet Chews. The other ones are still my favorite, but the strawberry ones in this pack are amazing. They taste exactly like strawberry fruit by the foot. If you've had those when you were younger, they taste exactly the same. You can get Smart Sweets at Target. You can get them on Thrive Market and you can also get them on Amazon. So I'll have them linked on my website if you're looking for a snack or you really have a sweet tooth like me, but you don't want a lot of sugar. They're perfect for that. Okay. Okay. Let's get into it with Alicia. Give us a little background on how you got into the work that you're doing now, because I know that you have a little bit of a different background coming from maybe the financial side. So how did you move from one to the other and incorporate more of the spiritual side of things? Yeah. um, Well, 
for my entire career, you know, I have a 20 year finance career and I always found kind of a lot of purpose there with the mentoring programs that were offered at all the different firms that I worked at. So, you know, I participated in those probably at every single firm that I've worked at, whether being the mentee or the mentor. And I just always really enjoyed that. Got a lot of really great feedback, had a lot of people say, oh my gosh, you should, you know, do this for a living or should get paid for this or can I pay you for this? And, you know, it just wasn't my thing. It was, was kind of climbing this corporate ladder and I never really thought about you know, mentoring being sort of bread and butter. And as I approached my 40th birthday, I started thinking, um, you know, what else can I learn? What else can I do? Should I start a side hustle? And, you know, started thinking about different ways to be creative with work. And it kind of clicked like, oh, you know, there, there are coaches out there that get paid for what they do. And so I just started doing some research on certification programs and thought, you know, I, I never really regret learning something new. And so the more I dove into it, the more I liked it, the more people I talked to, you know, found a really great program that I decided to kind of dedicate some time to. And, and then oddly enough, um, the Reiki piece just came along very organically with that. Um, you know, I very much enjoy like a tarot reading now and again, or meeting with a medium for fun. And, you know, I had three completely separate random people talk to me about Reiki and ask me if I ever thought about doing it. And I was like, kind of blew it off. Like, no, of course not. You know, it's, it's fun to do that stuff around Halloween, but you know, not really for me. But when the third person asked me about it, um, it sort of sparked something in me. Okay, I have three completely separate random people that don't even know each other that are asking about this. You know, maybe I should learn about it. So again, you know, not being afraid to learn something new and probably never regretting it. So I, in tandem, sort of did the coaching and the Reiki at the same time. And lo and behold, in a very odd, unique way, they sort of meshed together and sort of, you know, out of that came my niche of what I offer as far as coaching. And I love it because they go hand in hand so beautifully, I think. And I have questions about both sides because I'm not super familiar with like, the coaching world and definitely not familiar with Reiki, but I'm super interested in it. And as you were talking, I got this piece of advice in the past and it's one of my favorite things that I like to consider when I get those types of messages that you have three different people bring this up to you and you know ask if it's something you're interested in or getting into. And I love like, paying attention to those signs. If I'm seeing like the same random message, whether it's like on my Instagram feed or on a different podcast I'm listening to, just like someone told me once in a yoga, t yoga teacher training, like if you get those, if you hear the same message over and over again, or you're seeing like a trend in a season of your life where you're getting this message, like pay attention to that. So I think that's really awesome that you're getting those messages. And then the third one really got you and kind of spark that interest a little bit more. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, you know, the synchronicity of it all and sort of those repeat patterns. And and I've definitely paid attention to those in the past as well. Um, and I read something once, you know, similar to what you're just describing, that the universe will never let you miss out on something that you're meant to have or meant to be. And that came to mind very quickly when that third person brought it up to me about Reiki. And so that's why I just decided to sort of surrender to it, you know, go in not be too worried about, you know, what's going to come of it or what it's going to be like. It was just trying something on. Um, and it's, it's become something really, really fun and a nice gift that I like to share with my clients. So yeah, that's awesome. Talk to us a little bit about Reiki and what, what is it? I'm like a very, very beginner. I know that it is energy healing and energy work, but I don't know 
in what capacity it can look like? Well, it's, you know, like I said, it's a gift that I share with any client that's open to it. Um, it basically is, you know, it's a Japanese modality for lack of a better word. And it just means sort of universal life energy. Um, we're all made up of energy, whether you want to buy into that or not. Um, and it's Reiki is a way really to tap into that energy. Some people call it energy clearing. Some people call it energy healing. Um, I just sort of refer to it as, as energy work. Um, it really comes up very differently for each and every person that I work with on it. Um, but, you know, the way that it works for me, I actually specialize in distance Reiki. So I don't actually do Reiki for people in the same room. I find that when um, I'm doing a session with a client, it's better for me to be separated from them so that if they do have a reaction of some sort, whether, you know, it's just their breathing or maybe they cry a little bit or, you know, they have an epiphany or, or whatever happens, um, you know, I'm human. So I react to that. And so if I'm not in the same room with them, then I have a more whole sort of clear way of focusing on the energy without disruption. So that's sort of my way of, of doing Reiki. Some people do it in person. Um, some people do it distance. I definitely thrive really in that distance Reiki space. What does that look like? Is it through like guided exercises, through breath work, or what would that look like? Well, it's different for everybody. Um, for me, you know, my routine is very, uh, I don't want to say rigid, but it's routine. Um, so I get into a meditative state. Um, it's very much of a lucid dream for me when I'm doing Reiki for somebody. So I meditate for about an hour. Um, through that meditation, I'll spend three to five minutes on each of my client's chakras. So I start from the crown and work down through to the root. So three to five minutes on each chakra. Um, I'm basically acting as a conduit. My energy is connecting with their energy and, you know, through the chakras and various things that occur during the session, I, you know, either feel things, hear things, see things. Again, it's, it's very much a lucid dream. Um, a lot of it can be very hodgepodge. It means nothing to me. So I make note of that and just regurgitate that to the client. Um, and, you know, 100% of the time it means something to the client. So it's really connecting with their higher energy to give insights or messages or impressions to them based on different chakras and it's a way for them to connect um, in a deeper way really to their energy and their higher self and really the world around them when you're going through this i guess what's your perspective on people that have you ever had a client that they're not able to get there or they're not able to connect with what you're walking them through what's your perspective on people who maybe don't buy into this type of work yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Again, it's not for everybody. I would say, you know, 90% of my coaching clients take me up on, on Reiki, sort of integrating it into their coaching sessions. I have a pretty decent pool of clients that come to me only for Reiki, but I do have, you know, people who are skeptics who, you know, they just can't really wrap their mind around energy work or especially having us in separate rooms. They're, you know, they're like, I just don't understand how that, that, that would work. Um, but when you're attuned to the Reiki process, it allows for that sort of no time, no space um, energy connection. So, you know, it's, I have yet to have a client, you know, I have a pretty good batting average on it. I have yet to have a client where I get through an entire session and they kind of look at me and say, I, that makes no sense to me. So I have yet to experience that. Um, it's not to say that I couldn't, I imagine, you know, I, I, there's a time and a place for everything. So who knows if that could come up, 
Um, I have yet to experience that in the years that I've been doing it. It always resonates in some way, shape, or form for the client. As far as, you know, skeptics, you know, if they're not into it, I never, I never forced on them. You know, energy healing or clearing is really, it has to be resonant for the person asking for it. So it's never something that I put on people. I will share with you one of my favorite sort of skeptic stories. Um, I Yes, please do. It, this is, it's great. And I, and I share it with a lot of clients who are kind of on the fence about Reiki, but I had, was working early on in my coaching. I was working with an executive, um, you know, C-suite level guy, very, you know, traditional white collar, just looking to level up. You know, he said, you know, he didn't buy into the Reiki at all. He came to me for coaching because he was saying, you know, he's killing it at work. He feels very wealthy, very successful, very fulfilled, very happy at home, but like something's missing. Right. So I tried to sell him on Reiki, like, let's get in there, let's do some energy clearing, see what comes up. And he was like, no, that's definitely not for me. About halfway through our coaching engagement, so about six months in, um, he came to me and said, okay, you know, my wife has been talking to me about this. Like, what the hell? Let's just try it out. You know, I have nothing to lose. Let's just do it. So I did a Reiki session for him. And, you know, I, I do the, the hour long meditation and then I type up the synopsis, send it to the client. They sort of digest um, and then we get on the phone and talk about it. So, you know, some clients will take a day or two to sit with it and read through it and really take it in. And, and he called me right away and he's like, hey, can we meet right away? Yes. Um, so we get on the phone. He's like, this is it. He was like, this is what's been missing. And, you know, and he was the one that really, he said it so beautifully. He pointed out, we spend so much time in our lives working on our minds and our bodies, right? So like through education and exercise, but we don't pay a lot of attention to energy. And we're all made up of energy. You can feel a vibe when somebody walks into a room. You can, you know, you get an impression or your intuition. All of that is energy. And so for him, late stage in his career, C-suite guy, totally traditional, not into the whole spiritual woo piece of it. He loves it. And I've done it for him a couple of times. Um, and it's really just a fun thing for him to do. But in his words, it was just the thing that was missing. It was the thing that he had been ignoring. Um, and now that he's sort of paying attention to the energy, he feels like he's able to um, achieve more and expand more and sort of level up a little bit, if you will. I love that story. I I agree with you. I think like we definitely lose touch with that. And I, I'm hoping that this type of work and just education on how energy affects us is like the new wave because I think meditation is having its moment right now where more people are kind of getting interested in it where it used to be a very woo-woo topic of like I yeah. I don't know how to meditate that's for Buddhists like not something that everyone was doing in the masses or just like at their home as part of their morning routine or whatever and I think like Reiki and acknowledging the energy that that we carry throughout our day is kind of that next step. And I definitely don't really know how to be aware of my energy that much. Like, and and what everything, how everything affects you, it's a lot. So yeah, it makes perfect sense to me that the two coaching and Reiki would go together if you're trying to, like you said, level up or go after something bigger. It makes sense to me that that would be a part that would help you get there. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's been interesting because in the beginning when I was learning about Reiki and going through my classes, um, I kind of stayed away from anything online. I didn't want to learn anything, you know, through Google or articles or naysayers or anything like that. I just wanted to have my own experience with it because I was very new. And so after the fact, you know, now that I've sort of dove in even deeper, it's interesting to see, you know, big universities have 
classes on energy healing and Reiki. And there's actually a really good article. Anybody can Google it, but there's a really good article about the benefits and sort of the, the case study um, UCLA put something out and I think it was in 2011 about the benefits of Reiki and how they were sort of buying into it. Um, I've seen things from Harvard and Stanford. And so it's just interesting to see, you know, this has been around obviously hundreds of years. Um, I think, you know, the U.S. sort of adopted it and brought it in around the 80s. Um, don't quote me on that, but, you know, very loosely. But it's just fun to, like, once you get into it, to read, you know, reputable places, um, authors, schools, professors, and sort of their take on it and how it's affected and, and improved their lives. Yeah, and I think that would be helpful for someone who maybe is feeling skeptical about connecting to that part of us. And energy is science, you know, it's all part of it. So, um, yeah, I love that there's more studies. I think it's just a really interesting topic and something that can benefit everyone to kind of dial in a little bit or just explore what that would be like. What type of healing have you experienced or seen maybe from your clients or personal experience going through Reiki specifically? Every Reiki session is very unique and different. And every experience that I have with a client is different. And even you know, clients that come to me more than just one time for Reiki, every session is different. And so, and I don't keep notes on my Reiki sessions. Those are for the clients. I send the synopsis and then I sort of delete it and let it go. If I ever do a second or third or, you know, however many sessions for them, I don't want that impression from the previous session to come in. I just want it to be sort of like a clean slate. So I've had, you know, many different situations where clients have said that they've been thinking really hard about doing something maybe creative. And in the Reiki session, I will see, you know, vision boards or specifically them like public speaking or something like that. And just having that come up through me, a person who has never spoken to them about that creative prospect or that public speaking engagement to have that validation come through um, is really magical and special for them because, again, it's not something that we have talked about. And so it's just reiterating to them. It's inside them. It's something that they should pursue. It's sort of a message like, hey, it's a nudge. You know, you've been thinking about this. You've wanted to do this. Here's your validation. Go for it. And so, and then from there, you know, we'll work on sort of a plan for coaching on how to execute that and what, what does it look like, what's holding them back, different things like that. And so, a lot of it has just been sort of messages, for a lack of a better word, but really validation for them on taking a step and doing something that they've always wanted to do. I have had, you know, interesting situations where do Reiki and, and something will come up where I'm on a chakra, but for whatever reason, my attention is drawn to someone's knee or their ear or their mouth. And so I bring that up and I had a client say, that's so crazy. I have this cavity in my mouth that I have let go from when I was a kid and I need to get to the dentist and it's driving me crazy. Like, thank you for bringing that up. I'll just make that appointment right away. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like it's just like a lens that you're looking through and just bringing that up for them. What's your perspective on where that comes from? You don't know these people. You're not even in the same room with them. Where does that connection come from? Does it come from that like meditative state that you reach before you get on the phone with them? You know, it's, well, the way that Reiki works is I'm a conduit. So, you know, I'm not really doing anything. I'm a conduit for their higher self and their energy to give to them what they need. And so it's coming really from them um, in a very simple way. And again, it's hard for people to sort of wrap their minds around how that works. And, you know, as humans, we worry about the how of everything 
right? And sometimes there's just not an explanation. And, and I, having been doing this for a while, I actually don't have an explanation as to how. I just know that working as the conduit and my energy is connecting with their energy and I'm not doing anything but receiving. Um, and then I tell them what I'm receiving and that resonates however it will for them. It's, you know, when you're attuned to Reiki, it sort of allows you um, the expertise to make those connections through an energy field. And you obviously get that validation through working with your clients when they bring up things like cavities and other things that you're pointing out that <laughs> it, it is obviously yeah. resonating with them in some way or another. So something must be working. Exactly. And that's what, yeah, I can't really speak to the how of it. For me, I know that what I'm doing and the gift that I'm giving is working. Otherwise, I wouldn't have clients, you know, return to me or refer their friends and family to me or get that validation in the moment of, you know, oh, I've always been thinking that, you know, I want to do a TED Talk. And you just saw me on a stage doing that with a red X behind you. And that resonates to me in that way. So I'm going to pursue that. And so it's, you know, that validation is really key. And in a very organic, authentic way, lets me know that I'm on target with with what I'm doing and how I'm doing it for them. That connection is really interesting to me. Very real, I think. Kind of has that mystery to it as well. Especially energy is such an ambiguous topic. It's hard to pinpoint that I think can deter people sometimes when looking into stuff like this. But I love hearing those affirming stories that you've experienced and what are some of the myths that you've seen or heard about Reiki and anything you'd like to set the record straight on? You know, I can't quote any actual myths about Reiki. I just, I've never read them. Um, you know, I can talk to you about my own skepticism, um, being very alive and well when people started asking me about Reiki and telling me that I'd be a good person to do it. You know, like I said before, I enjoy, you know, tarot cards and medium readings and things like that fun and my family is very spiritual but I have to admit you know I was just on this traditional path of academics and climbing that corporate ladder that it just I never thought that Reiki was really for me and so again you know having those three random people tell me to pursue it is you know why I engaged with it but you know as far as myths go I can't really say specifically or speak to any myths that come up again I haven't really read much I think it really boils down to the skepticism that people have about it. And, you know, I'm sure people will even listen to this podcast and be like, what is yeah. she talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Like she's a conduit for energy, like, you know, and so it is hard to sort of wrap your mind around it. Um, but again, I, I would point back to sort of the benefits that people say, you know, if they're feeling a weight lifted after a session with me or, you know, they're feeling empowered in certain ways to pursue something that they otherwise wouldn't have pursued or if I give them a message to sort of take care of their bodies or, you know, their kids or whatever it is, or, you know, all of those things I think are just sort of validation and sort of myth busting, if you will. And, you know, the UCLA article is just coming up for me again. Like I, I just think that's a really good one um, to read about the benefits and sort of how people are buying in, you know, and listen, people that, that buy into the myth or that are, are skeptical about it, you know, there's no harm in trying, trying something on, right? People try on jeans and shirts and dresses all the time. And so I would love for as many people as possible to try Reiki just to see for themselves how it fits or how it doesn't fit or what happens or what doesn't happen. And there's no right tool of how you can get to where you want to go. So I think that this is just as valid yeah. of an avenue as anything else. So yeah, I'm all for trying it out, seeing what works for you and just leaving the rest. I like that. 
when I was reading through your your bio on your website and the first time that I talked to you, you mentioned like having this pull and this calling towards this type of work. And I think that a lot of people have that question in life of like, what's my calling? What am I meant to be doing? How can I pursue that? Can you speak a little bit to what that pull was like? I mean, I, we've talked about those three people bringing that up to you that kind of set an alarm off to say, oh, maybe I should be paying attention to this. But is there anything else that you can speak to, to how how you knew this was something that you wanted to pursue? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was just, you know, I touched on it earlier about, you know, the universe is never going to let you miss something that's meant for you. And, you know, the mentoring piece correlating to the coaching and then sort of the spiritual piece correlating to the Reiki, it was just those those two things were always on the outskirts. You know, they've always been sort of on the outskirts for me. And people have talked to me a lot about, you know, you are such a great coach, you're such a great mentor, you should get paid for this. You know, there were just little reminders along the journey right little little things that again they're just on the outskirts and they were sort of nagging me and and I put them I put them to the side again I was very much you know high school undergrad graduate licenses in my finance field you know just very traditional nine to five working grinding and it wasn't until yeah something kind of clicked right around my 40th birthday where i was like you know what you know i've been doing my corporate job for so long and i love it but maybe i should learn something else and being you know a lifelong learner and i kind of went through the the motions right do i want to learn how to cook no (laughs) do i want to learn how to train dogs no and so i kept coming back to the coaching and the reiki and so just sort of diving into that it was just (laughs) on the outskirts i would peek in every now and again Kind of nagged me until I finally gave in. And the best way for me to describe it, it, as far as the calling goes, is that I just I entertained it. I took one step forward, and the universe took ten. It was like you know, again, that validation of looking into something and then having everything move so quickly. I very easily got into the coaching program. I got through my certification. I found clients. You know, the first year I was doing this, I had a really nice, healthy group of clients my second year I doubled that and so that also sort of fed my entrepreneur spirit and made me feel really good about you know I I must be on the right path or people wouldn't be coming to me um also having my business be you know 90 95 percent referral is another validation for the, the calling right and so the best way for me to describe it is just you know thinking about something thinking about something and then having many different channels put it sort of in your face until you embrace it and then realize it's it's where you're meant to be and and there's just a very calm knowing in my gut that tells me you know this is sort of what I'm meant to do feels really good it's really fulfilling seeing the the positive impact that I have with my clients whether it's coaching or Reiki just is amazing I mean you can't describe it it's just feels so great that I'm providing a service and sort of giving back to so many different people in many different ways and so i don't know if that's you know the way a calling is for everybody but for me it was sort of that feeling of a graduation day and chasing that um and you kind of lose that you get wrapped up in your your nine to five and sort of what you quote unquote do and Mm -hmm. you kind of forget that you're allowed to choose more than one thing and you know there's a lot of joy and magic and excitement in finding side hustles or hobbies or just different ways to live your life. And so that's, for me, that's really how it came to be. Mm -hmm. There's a few like solid nuggets in there that you just touched on. You said going through the motions, like 
a calling is not always like, this is what you're meant to do in your face. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it does require going through the motions and testing things out to see what does give you that calm knowing. That's in my experience, I'm talking about myself now because I've tried a lot of different things as well. And and it's like, okay, looking back, I felt really frantic trying to do this one thing. And then finding something where I do feel like, okay, this mm-hmm. is it. This is, I feel good about this, not that, but this. And then pursuing that even further. So I love that you mentioned that, that it's not like, mm-hmm. not like you knew you were going to do this your whole life. Because I think growing up, that's kind of the story we're told of like, oh, I knew I always wanted to be a doctor or I always knew I was going to do this. And it, it was just something that was instilled mm-hmm. from a young age, which I think is the story for a lot of people or it can be. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't have a calling if you find it later in life or it takes some time to get there. And just being aware and open to to finding those signs and affirmations along the way. On your website and in your in your bio, you said with transition comes anxiety and sometimes apathy. I think there's a lot of changes going on right now, definitely in the world and society. And then everyone's got their own changes on a personal level at any and all times. Kind of wanted you to talk us through what you mean by that and how we can work through that and understand like what I took from that sentence is that anxiety and apathy can sometimes be like a red flag to people and to myself of like, oh, this is bad. Like I should not be feeling this. So I should no longer be pursuing this thing. So in those changes and in the in the shifts that we go through throughout our lives, like how can we work through that anxiety or whatever maybe negative feelings we're feeling? Yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> I feel like for me, it's like the sense of graduation day, right? I mean, we you get to that place where it's coming to an end and you don't know what's next, but you know, there's something that's next. And so you get anxious about it. You don't, you don't want to cross the stage because you've been having a great time. You've enjoyed everything. You're familiar with everything. It's everything's going great. I don't know if you're familiar with um, Jackson Brown, the singer, but he has a song called all good things have to come to an end. Um, So that's coming up for me right now, just because it's, you're sort of, you're forced, right? At at a graduation day, you're forced. You've got to, you've got to take the step. So for me, that anxiety and that apathy uh, manifests very much in that graduation day feel. And once you're sort of forced outside of your comfort zone to expand and explore and vibrate higher, tap into something that you never knew was there or learn something new, try on something new, there's a release. There's sort of a triumph and a, a flying high feeling. And it's not always comfortable. It's it's definitely not always comfortable. And sometimes you crash and burn, but that's data, right? We're collecting data, we're collecting resources, and without the data, we don't know it. And so if you take a step off that stage on your graduation day and it doesn't pan out the way you wanted it to, it can either be a stepping stone and a fail forward is what I call it, or it can be this amazing breakthrough that affords you a new opportunity. And that's what the anxiety and apathy, it is a roadblock. It is a barrier to your point. It can you know, be a red flag where it prevents people from taking that step. But that's also one of the great reasons that I coach is because I want to show people there's not really much to be afraid of. And if you're not afraid, then it probably doesn't matter. Right. And so if it's not hard, it's not worth it. If it's not a little scary, you, it, you know, there's a little bit of risk there. There's a little bit of fear there, but it makes it that much better on the other side. I'm not saying go tight, 
rope walking across the Grand Canyon without a, a net right off the cuff, right? But it's just these little these little triumphs, these little releases that sort of empower people and are greater than the anxiety or the apathy that they just left behind. The ultimate message is just do it, right? But there's more to it of of what that can look like. And knowing that like failures are not always dire. Like you can have failures that are really not that big of a deal or just like, oh shoot, that was dumb. Or like, I really don't like how I was in that situation or that really didn't work out. But I think we build up that fear so often that it can be hard to take action and know that like your failures are really not going to be that bad. And what comes up for me when you say just do it is don't just do it, experience it. Because there's a lot to be said for the experience of collecting the data and feeling the feelings that go along with what you just tried on. Um, The experience is almost more important, in my opinion, than just doing something. Because you you can guess how you're going to feel. Like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like that. But then once you do it, like, oh my gosh, I never would have thought that I loved this and I have to do this all the time now. Or, you know, trying a new food even, like, that looks terrible, I'm not eating that. And then you try it, like, oh my gosh, this tastes so much better than it looks. Or, you know, so the experience of trying new things and doing new things is just so incredibly important because you anticipate the outcome, but you never know until you collect that data, until you feel what it's like. Yeah, I agree with you. That really resonates with me just with where I'm at in my own projects and trying to step out there. I just have a few more questions for you. Um, I ask these questions to all of my guests. And the first one is, what is something that you do that makes you feel like your best self? I just think living, you know, a regular old day-to-day life, right? It's not you know, there's no fame and fortune. Um, you know, I'm a mom of two girls. I've got a very unruly puppy. Um, you know, I work in finance and I coach on the side and I do this crazy thing called Reiki. And so, you know, that for me right now um, is what makes me feel like my best What do you self. do to find inspiration when you're uninspired? Meditation is big for me. Um, I spend a lot of time in nature. I think, you know, if we we pay attention to our surroundings. There's a lot of inspiration there just in, you know, what, what we're living in. Um, music is very inspiring to me. I read a lot, you know, I'm very much an introvert. Um, so I don't really love, you know, going out and being super active and, and meeting a ton of people. I do better in small groups, but I do find a lot of inspiration, just, you know, nature, meditation, my kids are amazing. Um, and, you know, everybody is doing something amazing, whether they want to call it amazing or not. And so just sort of watching life happen, um, you know, in the real world, not on the news or reality TV or anything like that, but just, you know, the amazing things that people are doing in real life are, are inspiring to me. I think that really speaks to the work that you've done personally and internally in order to recognize those things, because it's hard to see and appreciate the the daily things in life and to see other people just living their life and being inspired by that. I'm like, you've done some work. So that's awesome. (laughs) Last question is what piece of advice would you give that if we all followed, we'd all be better off? Be yourself. Be unapologetically yourself because we're all contributing to this crazy life in a very unique way. And if we're not authentic about it, we're not going to get the ripple effect or the outcome that is supposed to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, where can everyone find you online? What's the best place to 
get involved with what you're doing? I have a website, aliciawellen.com. It kind of goes through my coaching. Um, you can email me, alicia at aliciawellen.com. I'm on Instagram. After watching The Social Dilemma, I don't know how much I love it. I, you know, I, I, I have fun with it. I don't take it too serious. A lot of people tell me I can do more with it, whatever. Um, Alicia Wellen Coaching is that, that tag. I'm around. I love to, you know, chat with people on the phone or, you know, Zoom conferences or just through email. Okay. I love it. All right. That's all we have for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks for sticking with me through that audio. Um, you know, I'm still learning, so I'm figuring out how to edit and kind of fix up the audio when things go wrong. And, you know, it's just a learning process. So thanks for sticking with me. If you like this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get my name out there with the podcast and show it to more people. So that would mean so much to me if you could leave a thoughtful review, drop those five stars, and come find me on Instagram at the Tea Please Podcast. I love to continue the conversation over there. I've been having fun getting a little bit more creative and tapping into my creativity with taking pictures and little photo shoot ideas. So I've I've just been having fun with that. And I love to interact with you guys over there. So definitely come find me. Okay, I will talk to you in the next episode.